Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, April 27th. What does the Calgary business community think about the new Arena Event Center deal announced on Tuesday? We discuss with Deborah Yedlin, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber. This Saturday is Canadian Independent Bookstore Day. We mark the occasion by catching up with Ryan Smith, co-owner of Calgary-based Owl's Nest Books. Ryan talks about the importance of supporting local bookshops and offers up some great recommendations if you're looking for a new read. And finally, he's the original Hulk. And we had the chance to catch up with him ahead of his appearance at the 2023 Calgary Expo. We speak with legendary actor, bodybuilder, and deputy sheriff, Lou Ferrigno. Calgary has an apparent deal for a new event center arena in principle anyway at this point. So how does the Calgary business community view this latest deal? Joining us to talk about it is Deborah Yedlin, president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber. Hi, Deborah. Thanks so much for being with us. Good morning. Nice to see you face to face. Likewise. I love it. Awesome uh, to be in the studio. Yeah, it is. It's great to have you here. Thank you for that. Uh, let's start with the, the latest on this event center deal. Uh, how do you and, and who have you heard from in the business community so far, you know, their thoughts on this one2 billion dollar blockbuster deal the uh, the response has been i think one of relief because everybody who's in the business community we know that we're competing for talent capital and opportunity with other jurisdictions around the world and we know that we need to renew our infrastructure and this has been something that a lot of people have been focused on for a very long time mm-hmm. and so to see this finally moving ahead in a constructive way is i we've, we've heard a lot of thank goodness it's going to go ahead there's you know it's we know that there's gonna be some issues going forward as there always are with things like this but um definitely um lots of optimism about it good and four stakeholders involved in this project deborah and you know there's going to be people the last deal was a much better deal the city should be paying less the province should be in a negotiation this big in a a project this big is anybody going to be this is the greatest thing you're not going to make everybody happy are you (laughs) you're never going to make everybody happy and i think that's the one what you just said was is really important that there are four parties at the table province city csec and the stampede so everybody's coming to the table figuring out what's best for them this is a bigger land parcel so it's better for the for the for the actual area you can put in more amenities you can put in more gathering spaces there is a community rink so it's a place for people to come in and participate and be part of what's going on and that's why the last deal was just about an arena mm. this is a bigger story and it's really going to facilitate more development in the area and we know that we need that because we have the BMO Convention Center. We need to have more hotel rooms that come into that area as well. And so when you have this kind of certainty with a deal announced uh, this week, that gives investors, developers more confidence that they can go ahead and make those risk that capital to make those developments happen. That's what's really important. As we said, not going to please everybody. So there are a lot of people who are very happy. There are some who are concerned, let's just say. Uh, for example, businesses along 17th Avenue, Inglewood, foot traffic now is going to move over to that area, some say, and that's going to take business away from others. Do you think we've got enough to go around? I think we do. When you look at the city and how many people have come into this into Calgary in the last year, this mm-hmm. isn't a city that's shrinking. We're growing. And we know that a lot of people do want to live closer into downtown if they can. And so that foot traffic, I think, is going to be uh, actually not compromised in any way. And I actually also think that, you know, with the, the provincial infrastructure uh, announcement that will result in the 6th Avenue, um, the underpass, that also connects the city better north-south. And yeah. I think that's something we've needed to do for a long time. So anything that invests in infrastructure and increases the flow, it, it, you know, especially the access and the egress into the stampede grounds is really, really important. And the business, excuse the term, business shrapnel 
from people who might go to the event center and can't get a seat at a table. Right. Inglewood and 17th Avenue. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's that's something that we can't discount. People will continue to go and look for opportunities. And, you know, when you think about what the kind of draw will be into the area, there will be a lot of opportunities for people to to, to sort of patronize other businesses. It won't just be sucked into that mm-hmm. into that uh, into that area. Let's uh, switch uh, ideas a little bit in terms of, you know, businesses and how the business community is feeling ahead of a provincial election. So Monday, the writ is expected to be dropped. Provincial election just around the corner. What are are you and the business community anticipating and, and what would you like to see included? Well, we'd like to see a very business-focused uh, platform that really looks at the issues that uh, businesses are concerned about. You know, when, when, when you look at it from the energy sector perspective, obviously we want to see commitments to carbon capture and storage. We want to see a competitive environment for investment. We want to see a continued focus on decreasing uh, regulatory issues so that businesses can go ahead, get the permits they need, and be able to, to, to pursue the uh, projects that they have on, on, the, on the horizon. We also want to see continued fiscal responsibility. You know, we we will. You know, we saw what the, the the current government did with with the budget, and we want to continue to see that focus on reducing debt, paying, uh, adding to the to the uh, to the heritage fund, making strategic investments, and also continuing to to support uh, individuals from an affordability standpoint. A lot of issues yeah. facing the province. Really, there really well, are. Yeah, and I think from a business standpoint, it's got to be different than us, the individual, mm-hmm. you know, homeowners and voters. Uh, you, switching gears a bit further, you know, we're getting warmer. It's going to be finally, we've got a stretch of good weather. We're hearing that patios, that project that was going to be kind of a pilot thing, patios extended in, in many of the restaurants and hospitality um, industries and corners of our city. What are you hearing from uh, business owners when we get some good weather and move closer to summer um, as far as optimism for the new season? There's optimism for sure. And last next next week they're talking about 29 degrees yes. for Wednesday. Yes. It's like, like, that's just incredible. But obviously they're optimistic about what's possible after cold winter. But also the issue main, rain, remains about talent attraction and making sure that they have the staffing that they need to to make sure that they can open the hours that they want to be open and be able to service their customers and, and really take advantage of that weather. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about next is, is in terms of we've got a lot of people moving to Calgary. There are a lot of job job yep. opportunities. Are we Do we have enough people to fill them these days? What's that looking like? Well, we still hear that, sto- that conversation is absolutely ongoing. How do we continue to attract talent? And make sure that we close that that labor gap, and that's actually one of the things that we're focused on as well from the um, perspective of the election. We need to make sure that we have the the, the potential to to continue to attract talent, but we also have to look at there's a skills gap that we have to address. Mm-hmm. So it's work integrated learning, it's upskilling, reskilling. What does that look like, and how do we also get commitments for uh, for more investment in post secondary education so that we can close the gap? But you know, in the near term. We do need to make sure that those those uh, hospitality opportunities and that the jobs are are, are filled. You know, Fifty thousand people moved to Calgary last year. Wow. That's a lot of people. So that goes back to your comment about foot traffic, but also the fact that we need you know we do have a labor pool. Let's get everybody uh, employed so mm-hmm. that they can actually benefit from uh, from what's hopefully on the horizon for the summer. We've talked a lot about diversification in our province and in our city. And actually, yesterday we had the chance to speak with a, a researcher who is working on the ability to produce hydrogen and purify water at the same time. Last week, we talked to a company, Calgary-based, that is looking at a treatment for for breast cancer. And they're they're getting pretty close. Are you liking what you see when it comes to these new and emerging industries setting up shop in Alberta, not just Alberta, but here in our city? So, well, you know, when if you grew up in Alberta in the 70s, as I did, and you listened to former Premier Peter Lawhey talk about diversification, it's incredible to see it actually really taking root. 
now we see all so many different opportunities and you're right it's everything from energy to clean tech to fintech there's a fintech conference going on right now there's life sciences innovation uh, what what's happening in calgary is very remarkable supported of course by so much activity at the university of, of calgary through the creative destruction labs rockies which has been a very important catalyst but also platform calgary and other other accelerators like thin air labs so we have this incredible ecosystem that is not only supporting uh, these startups, they're giving these startups mentorship, they're providing capital, there's an angel capital network in Calgary, there's also a lot of family offices. This is a very exciting place to be if you're a startup and you have an idea. And did they go through the chamber first if they don't really know where to turn in terms of if you're an entrepreneur, you've got an idea for a business, is, is the Calgary Chamber the best place to sort of start? We can be the first place to start, but also there's other, you know, people will go to, depending on what you're doing, will depend on what, who you touch first. Calgary Chamber, Platform Calgary, you may, you know, if you're at a certain stage in your company development, maybe you do go to Creative Destruction Labs Rockies and see if you can be part of that, uh, that cohort. So there's a number of ways, there's a number of portals now, which we haven't had ever in Calgary, and that's what makes it really exciting. Incredible. Thanks for your time. We enjoy uh, talking with you every month. And now we're going to force you to come in yes. the studio every month. Just bring me coffee. I'll be good. Deal. Deal. Thanks Andy's so much. Buying. Absolutely. <laughs> From our free machine. That's here. right. There you go. Uh, that is Deborah Yedlin, president and CEO, Calgary Chamber. More online about what they do, calgarychamber.com. If your eyes are getting tired staring at a screen or screens, maybe it's time to pick up a book instead. On that note, what are you reading? Let us know what you're reading, what you're enjoying. 403-974-8255 is our text line. Because if you like it, maybe somebody else will like it. He likes books. Ryan Smith, co-owner of Owl's Nest Books. And this is Canadian Independent Bookstore Day this Saturday that we're talking about. Good morning to you, Ryan. Good morning. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming back. We very much appreciate it. Let's talk about your world. I mean, books are books. But the independent bookstore, what makes it unique? Because let's be honest, in 2023, we can get books anywhere. Why should we be buying from an independent bookstore? And what is the advantage of that? Um, buying from an independent bookstore, the big advantage is the, the customer service you're going to get. Um, those big box stores um, just aren't going to know the books or have um, quite the interesting selection that a, a local independent is going to have, not quite as curated. Uh, when you walk into Owl's Nest, um, if you want it, we're there to give you a recommendation and we're going to, we're not necessarily going to recommend you that big box bestseller. We're going to recommend you what we've been reading, um, something local, something a little more niche, something that has caught our eye uh, that we hope you're going to enjoy as much as we did. How in the world do you read all the books that you would read, Ryan? Because I know you've got a, a little baby at home, so I, I, and trust us, I think anybody who's got a child understands how much time they take. But do you spend still a lot of time? Do you do you always just kind of you know find a time to pick up a book and, and get you know sort of wrapped up in that world? Yeah, I mean, there's always a book on the bedside table um, for for late at night or early in the morning. Um, but the, the the dirty industry secret <laughs> is audiobooks. Um, and so we're very fortunate. We partner with uh, Libro FM, an audiobook company. And one of the perks is that as booksellers, we get advanced listening copies, nice. which is really helpful for us to get ahead of a release, get to know it while I'm doing the dishes, driving into work. Um, and then I know what that book's about the moment it hits the shelf, and I can tell you. That's great. I love that. And I really love an audiobook. It takes you away, particularly when you're driving, if you're going on a highway trip or whatever it might be. Boy, you're there in five seconds because you've been enthralled in the book you're 
you think there's still some kind of a discrimination against audiobooks? You said dirty little word. <laughs> you think that we should embrace them more? Certainly. Um, uh, reading is not just with a book in your hand. It really is experiencing a book. And if... Uh, if that means listening to the book, having someone read that book to you, that is still reading. That's still engaging with the text. Uh, and, yeah, there should be no shame to that. <laughs> Libraries got great ways to connect with that. We've got great ways, yeah, all for audiobooks. Love it. Ryan, how has Owl's Nest books survived all this time? I mean, there have been other, you know, little independent bookstores in the city. This is the one, though. This is where people come when they come to visit the city. They show up, they sign autographs and sign their books at Owl's Nest. How has this always been the one that, that's managed? to stick around uh it, it, it's calgarians it's that community support um you know things were a little rocky uh before the pandemic and uh the community showed up and really supported the store uh kept it going when the pandemic hit uh calgarians continued to show up ordering online the delivery the curbside pickup um yeah it, it's the calgarians that keep the doors open and, and I want to mention this. When I think independent bookstores, one of the things I think about, and you got some selections we're going to we'll go through in a second here, the community that you build. And it's uh, every time I, I look online or might see it on social media, you folks are hosting a different event. Why is it important to, to host events, for example, and, and, and have a community within your store? Uh, it's it's that connection. Uh, reading is a very solitary activity, and so having that chance to come together as a as a book club and discuss what you've been reading, or to celebrate uh, a new book launch, uh, is is just such a great way to connect as a community and uh, let the text unite us. Does Owls Nest Books facilitate book clubs? Yeah, so we we host our uh, literary book club, which is just general fiction. We host a mystery book club, which has been uh, wonderfully popular. Um, we uh, partner with a group, Queer Reads, to do uh, an LGBTQ plus friendly book club. Um, and then we also, if you have your own book club, uh, we will stock your books in our book club section with a 10% discount built in. Uh, so send us that list, and that's automatically there. It's already on the shelf. You walk in and pick it up. Uh, anyone can shop that those shelves. So, awesome. Yeah. You have a, a couple of popular or, or new books with you today. Uh, we'll start with fiction. Uh, what are a couple of titles you want to showcase this morning? If you can go yeah. through some of these. Uh, so for the fiction, uh, in the spirit of uh, Independent Bookstore Day, I wanted to focus on some uh, local Calgarian writers. Um, so the first one actually I wanted to talk about uh, was Rough by Robin Van Eck. And uh, this book's been out for a couple of years now. It takes place here in Calgary during the 2013 floods. Um, and the reason I wanted to highlight it actually is because uh, very exciting for Robin. It was just announced that the book is being produced into an audiobook. So if you are uh, looking for an audiobook, keep an eye out for Robin Van Eck's Rough. Um, Dina Seiferling, I hope I said that right, she is a Calgarian author and illustrator. Uh, this is a picture book, The Language of Flowers, and this is a beautifully, poetically written, uh, wonderfully illustrated book about the relationship between bees and flowers. Uh, this is the kind of picture book um, you're going to give as a gift, you're going to be reading to an older child, and it's the kind of book that older child is going to keep on their shelf and read to their children and one the day. The cover is gorgeous. Oh yeah, That's just pretty, just really nice. such beautiful illustrations. Uh, and then uh, Lisa Bowes, um, she's got her Lucy Tries series, yeah. which mm -hmm. is all about trying new sports. Really fantastic. Uh, the latest one in that series just came out, Lucy Tries Baseball. So great for coming up here spring, summer. Uh, if kids are looking to try a new sport, might look into baseball. 
Uh, on the nonfiction side, I wanted to talk about Julie Van Rosendahl uh, and her cookbooks. Her latest one is You Are Human and You Need Cake. She's also got a great cookie cookbook. We love the recipes out of all of them. These ones are special to us because uh, she is a local author and her cookbooks are only available in independent bookstores. She does not okay. supply them to the big box stores. So if you're looking for her cookbooks, you've got to shop independent. Um, with the weather turning, I also wanted to talk about Lori Beatty's Calgary's Best Walks and Bike Rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are great ones for They've getting been around to know the and city. She updates those constantly, doesn't she? Yeah, the walking one is now the updated second edition. And yeah, we'll keep an eye out for the bike ride one. Uh, super fun. And the last one is the Prairie Gardeners Go To series. This is by a couple of Calgary authors, which is great for local gardening, local conditions. And the latest one in that series is Fruit. Uh, now, you know, raspberries grow here, no problem. But with this book, I'm hoping to do blueberries this year. And uh, awesome. it's a great series. She's got books on plants, soils, trees, shrubs, pests. Uh, just a great book series for gardening here in Calgary. Do you think, and again, you're coming from the bookseller's perspective, independent bookstore. And again, Ryan Smith from Owl's Nest Books. Do you think it's maybe easier to get a book launched in 2023 um, you know, self-publishing or, or, or maybe not going a traditional route than it may have been like 20 years ago. So I'm thinking about like local Calgarians who want to write a book. Do you think it's easier or more difficult? It, it's, it's a tough balance. Uh, the publishing world is always changing. Um, the publishers are doing different things when it comes to launching. So if you are self-publishing, you're especially you're new to, to the writing industry, uh, the Alexander Writers Centre has great resources for getting started. Um, Friesen Press is one of the um, Canadian uh, independently, pub- they'll help you print and publish your book, um, get it out there. And then, yeah, places like Owl's Nest that do your launch is a great way for friends and family to celebrate your book, uh, for the community to get to connect with it. Um, yeah, it, it, it is, it's a great way to connect locally if you're self-publishing. The local aspect of it is what is so powerful. I love all the picks you brought in, that they're all local authors, and some of them will only work with small independents. So that's pretty neat. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. I think we need to make this a regular segment for you to come <laughs> I in. would love that. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> it is, of course, a Canadian Independent Bookstore Day today. Ryan Smith, co-owner of Owl's Nest Books right here in Calgary, owlsnestbooks.com. are going to be green with envy when you hear who is live in the studio. QR Calgary Studios this morning with us. The original Hulk, actor extraordinaire, Lou Ferrigno is joining us. Good morning to you, Mr. Ferrigno. Appreciate your time. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Taking part in this year's Calgary yeah. Expo. You're stopping here. We're happy to have you. Let's talk about this. You've, have you been to Calgary before? Yeah, a couple of times. I, I think the last time I was here, 2018, but believe it or not, almost 40 years ago, I did a play at the, at the Stage West Theater. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was making no lace, yes. That's funny. Uh-huh. Stage West, still around today, still putting on great is it, shows. Is it still a dinner theater? Yes. 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 Yep. I love it. You have yep. steak, wine, watch the play. Which Shrimp. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. I love it. Well, let's talk about this because I was saying earlier, to me, I don't know how many people can have a shared experience like you did. I was looking at it, I believe it's November 4th, 1977, when they launched the Incredible Hulk right. TV series. I grew up with it, and I'm thinking, okay, 40, 46 years ago. A project you started 46 years ago. Did you think when you were starting the project as the Hulk that you'd be talking about it, traveling and meeting fans of a show that's almost 50 years old? Well, when I did the pilot at the time, I was kind of nervous because Spider-Man and Superman and, uh, and Captain America failed at the TV series. So we filmed the pilot, 
And I gave up, uh, had to, I was slated to win the Miss Olympia competition in 1977. So I gave up the training for the competition. I decided to do the pilot. We did two pilots. And then they said, if the worst comes to worst, they'll go to maybe Betamax, and then people get to watch it on the Betamax, like the, uh, like the original uh, the, the DVDs. So I was very hopeful. But then when the show just hit the air, I mean, literally every country in the world embraced mm -hmm. the show. I mean, I'm talking about from Japan, Egypt, Australia. It, it, was, it was like a bonfire, a, a huge hit overnight. And look at what's gone. Betamax and all that stuff. Look what's sticking around. Lou that's Ferrigno. Right. Exactly. That's, that's what that is. I think it's really neat. How, how did you, like, how did this kind of come about for you in terms of being on the show? Did they come to you? Did they approach you? How did it all sort of work out? Well, they, they interviewed a lot of different people because apparently they were shooting, uh, originally with Richard Keel, who played George and James Bond. He was like seven, two. He didn't fit oh, yeah. the part. The one time the fa father came on, the set, the director, and the boy said, to him, hey, Dad, this is not the Hulk. He doesn't look like the, the comic book, you know, because Richard Keel was just a big guy, big guy. They realized they had a problem. They were talking about shelving the project. Then they contacted me, and then I went down for the screen test, and I was hired on the spot. It was amazing. But the awesome. only thing is I had to get painted green. Yes. I was trying to find every excuse, I, but, but the character had to be green. I remember Bill Bixby was standing there with the, with the producer. They just looked at me, and they said, do the different motion. I had to show Panama, and that means acting without speaking. So for me, I took, it just came natural. And then the rest is history. I want to uh, take it back to the green aspect, uh, Lou, if we can, because this is way before the days of CGI. You had to do the makeup. What was that process like to paint your body green? Uh, how long did it take, and were there tons of touch-ups during filming? Well, the toughest part is the fact that sometimes I have to be on this set. Like, with, It could be cold in the mountains like this, maybe like 4 or 5 in the morning. Three and a half hours, I would be retouched all day, especially with the, uh, the eye, the contact lens, periodic, they would take it in and out because only like 15 minutes. Today, you could wear a contact lens yeah. for like 20 hours, and that would be the last one on the set to leave. You know, one morning we had a film on a location. This was like 5 in the morning. So the catering truck about to leave. Usually, I would eat like a 12-egg omelet, right? <laughs> of course. So, so they said the truck is leaving, and you're not going to have uh, lunch. The, the truck's not coming back to maybe seven hours later, okay? So the truck leaves. I said, you put the omelet on the step outside the motorhome because it's hot. Yeah. So I'm getting made up. 20 minutes later, I said to the makeup person, I said, could you retrieve my omelet? He opened the door. The plate was empty. The coyotes ate my <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> and I'm, I'm there with the makeup on, cold, angry, <laughs> starving. <laughs> you actually turned into the Incredible Hulk yes, at that I, moment, didn't that you? That morning yeah. I did, yes. Uh, speaking of, so, uh, you know, obviously fantastic body. You're still, I know you're still into fitness. You're still in great shape. But back then, what was it like in that sort of workout bodybuilding world? You were, you know, going up against the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was it a, a pretty amazing time? It was great because back then, it, uh, you know, first prize was only like $750. But back then, it was the love of the sport because uh, we all had to have a job. I just came off pumping iron. Like we filmed in uh, South Africa. So Arnold wanted to do movies. I decided to do the TV series. But because back then, Arnold and I were considered like freak. They looked at us as these big muscle guys. But now you see all these actors like, like Brad Pitt, Hugh Jackman, they want to be buff. It started with us. Because when the Hulk first came out, people didn't believe the body was real. Mm -hmm. They thought it was like Bill Bixby with a jumpsuit pump of air. And it was like a shock. To the, but the thing is that it worked for the character. I am still doing it today in the yep. sense that you go to, you look up Lou Ferrigno. How about FerrignoFit.com yep. with somebody named Shanna Ferrigno. Yeah, so daughter, tell yeah. us about how this came to be. Well, you know, Shanna, funny, she went to college. She had a degree in drama, she, but she's so into fitness. 
and she wanted to create this FitRickNoFit.com. It's a wonderful website. It teaches people how to work out, get in shape, to do the proper exercises, and she just loves the fitness. So now eventually get involved doing equipment, but the fitness has been my whole life. But it's amazing how my kids, they all became personal trainers. I never pushed them to, to be a trainer. They just loved it. Like my middle son, Lou Ferrigno Jr., he's an actor, he's filming Squad, he's doing the, the many different TV series. That's incredible. But it's funny they went with the fitness side of things. I mean, Lou Jr.'s acting as well, but they've gone with the fitness side of things as opposed to getting into that acting world. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Now, is that right that you started bodybuilding at the age of 13? 12, yeah. 12, 13. So was it because of your hearing impairment? Did you get picked on as a kid, or what did that seem like? I was like very introverted. I was very bold as a kid. I had a severe speech impediment. You know, I, had, <clears throat> I had a profound hearing loss. So apparently, <clears throat> I... I used to read these whole comic books. I used to open me a, a comic book to escape the pain, you know, the, the rejection. So for me, when I discovered fitness, bodybuilding, I knew realized that was my passion because I could not participate in a team sport. I was very limited at the time. So bodybuilding was my passion, and I just loved it so much because back then people condoned me. They said, you're working out with ways, eating steaks, you're not making a living. Maybe they thought something was wrong with me. All I talked about was barbells and dumbbells, but it was my passion. And look, look where it was taking me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think, all these years I think later. That everybody had to have a passion on life. Yeah. It's so important. And open the doors for, yeah. for so many, a trailblazer. I want to ask you this because uh, we don't want to talk about people's ages, but you're 71. You do not look like you're Mm-mm. 71 Thank years you. old. Mm-mm. And more and more, when you get into the fitness world and do any research, you, you read more and more about resistance training, weight training, you know, and, and the gym, the key to longevity and youth. I'm wondering... Do you believe that's the case? Because look at yourself, or do you think you have great genes? I besides good genes, I come from an Italian American family. But the thing is that I'm very into consistency. If you eat good, sleep good, and train good, that's important because lo- as long as you don't overindulge in different things like, problems like alcohol, drugs, like so many people that eat so much starch and sweets and they don't exercise. It's all about consistency and, and the fact that you have to take care of yourself because you know you only live once. You have one body and one mind. The basically you want to really be fit as you can be because that, that gives you the discipline. If you take a lot of business people, if they don't exercise, it affects the occupation. It's so important to be fit mentally, physically, and emotionally and spiritually. Well, you look fit. You you appear to be, you know, like at really in the prime of your life, even Thank at you. the age of 70, yeah. right? So I just wanted to step back to we talked a little bit about your hearing impairment, but I know moving forward, you've had some some really interesting medical work done that is pretty groundbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, two years ago, I received a cochlear implant. And the amazing thing about this is the fact that a lot of people that lose their hearing, <clears throat> like the best hearing aid in the world is not going to give you what the implant does, because especially the clarity. Because I've struggled for years with the hearing aid, hear more power, more power. So basically, a lot of people now, when I talk to them, they have hope. It's amazing because the good news about the implant, once you have the implant under the skin, it's not brain surgery, but the thing is that you never lose any of that hearing to the day you pass on. It's amazing because, you know, people get older, they start to lose their hearing. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about me, Monica, myself, coming from a profound hearing loss, I've gone through a moderate hearing loss, which is great. Wow. Especially words discrimination. It's fascinating. I want to talk more about that, the technology, and what you've learned when it comes to the technology for hearing it and cochlear implants. I want to ask you this, Lou. Uh, we talked about the cochlear implants that has changed your life. Uh, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you were a very young child, infections, you basically lost all your hearing. You, you lived with hearing aids. And something on your Instagram that really struck uh, struck a chord with me was 
You found, for example, things that the rest of us take for granted. Very stressful even being in an airport mm -hmm. with diminished hearing. Tell us about that. Well, before, you know, the airport, sometimes I hear a lot of different loud noises. But now I have much uh, better word discrimination. So over the loudspeaker, I could, I, could, I could hear much more clearer than before. Like, for example, if I get on the plane, a lot of times the airline stewards have to talk about the safety issues. And before, to me, would just hear different loud sounds, loud noise. Now I, I could understand every word they're saying. But the beauty about the implant, the fact that you have so much um, uh, apparatus, you can have like Bluetooth, you have what you call forward focus, meaning that you go in the crowd environment, it lowers the background noise, adjusts it itself. You can, you can regulate it with the iPhone. It's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Amazing things that can be done, amazing things that you have done. Is there anything in the life of Lou Ferrigno that you've not done yet that is still on your bucket list? Yeah, I want to learn how to swim. Is that the one thing you don't know how to do? Yes. You don't know how to swim, and how yeah. come? I, I, I think because in high school I was so into weight training. I want to take private swimming lessons. <laughs> I, I feel embarrassed. I want to take weight training classes. That's funny. I, I just want to, you know, I think climb there, the anybody boat. at the pool would be quite happy to see Lou Ferrigno come in and take I'm sure swimming today. lessons. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure um, I get a lot of people that oh, like that. teach me how to swim. Your foray into law enforcement? Uh, this, this has been a while, hasn't it? Tell us about that. Well, 18 years ago, talking to the sheriff, that uh, because my father was a, was a police lieutenant. So he said to me, the, the sheriff, I said, I love law enforcement. He said, I want to go through the academy to be a certified deputy sheriff because I didn't want to be honorary. So I went through the academy to shoot and the driving, the studying. So then I became certified by law to be a police officer. I do a lot of search and rescue. I also teach weapon shooting. I'm a marksman. So for me, that's another side thing for me to do because I like giving back. Great. Uh, some of your other projects, we got a text in from Arnie who said, please ask Lou about the King of Queens and working with Kevin, Kevin James. Who have been some of the, the favorite people that you've worked with over the years? Well, Kevin James, number one, um, I had a great time when I filmed the TV series last year called The Offer, Making the Godfather. I had a chance to work with Myra Teller. He's a wonderful actor. Mm -hmm. He was in the uh, in, uh, Tom Cruise movie. Uh, what's the name of it? Oh, I know what you mean. Is it? Top Gun. Top Gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. Thank you. Yeah, Top Gun. Maverick, yeah. Yeah, great list of actors because I'm a big fan of The Godfather. So we shot there for Paramount Studios. I met a lot of actors over the years, and I would say King and Queen was some of my favorite. Lots of people loving you and King of Queens. King of Queens. I got a lot of texts in about yeah. that. And the other one, JD texts in and says, uh, ask him about I love you, man. And the thing is... You I thought JD was just saying, well, I love I'm you, I'm sure man. he loves Lou. Yeah. But between King of Queens and I love you, man... Do you think that people were excited to see you in comedic roles? And is that something you enjoy doing, the, the comedies? Well, I was talking to John Hamburg, who wrote the script. I went, he invited me to come to his office in Universal Studios. He said, I wrote this movie with you in mind about a comedy. I said, sure, because they get to play myself. But the movie was the best comedy of 2008. And, you know, Jason Segel and Paul Rudd, they're delicious to work with. Those guys are great. I had so much fun with uh, making that film. That is awesome. Lou got a text in from AJ who says, years ago I was lock walking along 5th Street by the keg. I'm assuming he means here in Calgary. I was the only one walking along except a very large man who was walking towards me. I thought, oh my God, I know that guy. Maybe I went to university with him. I was going to ask him and he said he just kind of let you walk by and then realized he stopped dead in his tracks. Like, oh my God, that was Lou Ferrigno and he's kicking himself to this day that he didn't stop and say hi. Maybe I see him on the street again. Maybe so. Absolutely. Maybe so. I have to ask you this because we have a segment and I know it's Thursday Day, but we have a segment each and every Monday morning called Motivational Monday. We talk to authors, uh, coaches, athletes, uh, bodybuilders we've had on the program. 
what is it, the, the level of success you have, and something that, uh, you know, uh, I'm taking from your conversation uh, when you said about longevity, yeah. the consistency. For those folks out there who want to make a life change, whether it's a job, maybe getting into shape, whatever it might be, how do you get that start? Because I know a lot of people, they just have a hard time getting started. What would you offer up for advice? I would say start walking maybe maybe like a quarter of a mile, maybe uh, go for a walk, do some light exercise. You can't jump into it immediately because if you jump in too quick, you get discouraged because people expect miracles. But the thing is, it takes time. It's the most important thing in not just exercise and how you eat. Just modify your eating. You don't have to change your diet drastically. As long as you eat protein, carbohydrates like vegetables, but don't eat as much. Just spare it out. And also the huge factor behind of all that is fear. Some people have the fear of being successful. Some people have the fear of changing their body, the fear of adjusting to a new life cycle. That's huge. So if you can write down a piece of paper all the different fears and all the goals you want to achieve, and then, then eventually you can, uh, you can eliminate most of that. That will help you be successful because it's all about consistency. It's how you eat, nothing extravagant, everything done moderately. Very cool. Motivational Mondays taken care of now. He mentioned uh, food and diet, and he also mentioned an Italian heritage. Yes, let's get to that in just one sec, but I do want to point out, obviously, you're going to be at uh, at, uh, Calgary Expo this weekend. It kicks off today and runs all through the weekend. You'll be there. Are you signing autographs? Are you doing a QA? and a What's that look like for you? It's great. Uh, I'll be signing autographs, the instant gratification for the fan. I'll be there the whole time because it's such a big show. They're expecting almost 100,000 people. It's huge. More. Yeah. Yes. It's hugely it's popular. Well, especially now coming off COVID, people mm-hmm. want to get out, have fun. And to me, I find it exciting because you get a chance to see the people, you hear the stories, three generations of uh, fans. And that it, you know, it's, it's like, because when I was a kid, I, I, I didn't have anything like that. I would give anything to have a Comic-Con. Yeah. I probably would have camped out six months before. <laughs> Incredible. Awesome. We'll send people to fanexpohq.com. You can see, you know, when Lou and all the other guests will be there. It is going to be a huge weekend, so it's pretty exciting that you're here yeah. for us.